We're live, fresh off the grill podcast. How's it going, Gip? I'm doing fabulous. Long time no see. Yeah, we literally spend pretty much every day of every week together. <sighs> Always at least five out of seven. <laughs> Probably at least six out of seven. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. How was your weekend? Fantastic. You saw me for most of it. We've established yeah, this. Yeah, shut up. Let's carry on. Okay, fine. Saw a couple movies this weekend. Saw Us by Jordan Peele. And I saw Shazam. Oh, you saw it today? I saw that Saturday. Early release at Braintree. They're doing it two weeks early just uh, that one day. Honestly, I wanted to hate it, but it was kind of charming. First half was a little slow. Jokes were a little corny, but uh, overall it was fun. Especially if you have kids, they're going to love it. You don't have kids. No, I'm a fucking stupid dork. So, so I what's the it. what's the premise? Is that the kid he gets a magic ring or some shit, and then he can turn into? Did <laughs> fucking eat a box of Lucky Charms? No, it's ah. The kid's well, a superhero, but he looks like an adult when he's a superhero. Yes. What happens is Shazam's this fucking all-powerful wizard, been searching for a replacement because he's about to die, but he that person needs to be worthy. Sounds a lot like Ernest Saves Christmas. It's not as good. I love Ernest Saves Christmas, but, you know, he's been searching all this time for a replacement who is worthy. So many people get denied, so many stories, people getting lost time, and then this guy investigates it because as a boy, it happened to him. He becomes the bad guy because he got denied because he wasn't worthy, and then he a goes... A real Adolf Hitler story. Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, it is pretty Adolf Hitlery. So he does all this research to find the secret lair of this wizard and ends up finding it and he takes control of the seven deadly sins, which makes him the bad guy. And then Shazam needs to find a replacement, so he ends up just settling because he doesn't determine if this kid's worthy or not. He's just like, you need to do it, dude. Why pick a kid, though? Why not pick he... a questionable adult? Adults were in the mix, but they weren't deemed worthy. He was just the next person brought to him, and he needed to give him the powers before he died. Or at least that's what I'm taking, because this kid's from Philadelphia. There's no one in that entire city who's worthy and honorable. Well, I don't know. I mean, they could have went to Florida. No, this kid's from Philadelphia. I know, but I'm saying that it could be worse. Yeah, the entire state of Florida. But comes a superhero. Basically pretty formulaic. It's not bad. I had enough fun with it. The first half, I was like, ugh. Long setup, kind of long-winded? Pretty, pretty much, yeah. But overall, it wasn't bad. The second half was pretty good. And it's, it looked like it was funny from the trailers, but... Like I said, the trailers, I thought, looked too corny. It wasn't nearly as corny as it made it out to be. And when it was corniness, it fit. So, overall, it's it's worth going to see. Especially if you have kids, they'll love it. And then the next one that both of us saw... We're not going to go into this too much because <laughs> I didn't like it, therefore I'm a racist. I didn't say that. Ryan said it. Yeah. It don't, upset me. Don't put that shit on me. Which is like, I liked I liked Get Out. Yeah. And because I don't well, absolutely love apparently everything that the director makes that I'm a racist. No. Because <sighs> logic. I don't know. But I liked it. It was pretty predictable, I would say. And he, you could definitely see where he was going. I'm not going to go into spoilers because, you know, a lot of people haven't seen it yet. And it's worth seeing, 
I think, but I feel like it was predictable. It's more of a comedy than it is a horror movie, which bothered me. There's a lot more funny parts than there is necessarily scary parts. Oh, this, I definitely don't think this was scary at all, no. It was mo more of a thriller. It's kind of trying to be a horror movie, though. It, it definitely it is. It should be at least a little bit scary. It definitely is trying to be, but there's so many different horror subgenres in it to where they kind of almost cancel each other out. How do you not laugh when they're not speaking and all the bad guys are yelling re like retards? Like, bruh, bruh. He was awkward. You are completely retarded. And then friggin' <laughs> they got Tim Heidecker in there and that dude's like anything he does is pretty much ridiculous. That's the guy from Tim and Eric? Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, they all made like animal noises and shit. And I can't even say when, anything When about... he did the psych thing, it was like, oh, come on. It was fucking ridiculous. Oh. I, I wasn't the craziest about it. It also seemed like he had a lot of underlying uh, symbolism and undertones of things like there's a part in the movie. It's early on. So I'm going to say it is when the crazy family is introduced to the regular family, they say, who are you? And she says, we're Americans. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of undertones in this movie. Won't go into it too much, because then we'll just be talking about that for the entire episode. But I, I feel like he was just trying to get like overtly political, so it kind of took away from the movie a little bit for me. I did enjoy the idea of having basically like a doppelganger society of like clones because it kind of it kind of made me feel like it was like a twilight zone episode and i enjoyed that aspect of it funny you bring up twilight episode that's actually his next project as twilight zone he's rebooting it relaunching it what is he doing on netflix or something it might be on TV. I don't remember exactly what platform. It'll be worse if it's on it, TV. It's going to be a TV show. I don't know if it's streaming. It might be Netflix, but that's his next project. I, I think. mean, there's already a gap that fills that void because there's Black Mirror, which yeah. I feel like is like new Twilight Zone. It's pretty Twilight zone -y, yeah. And I also, it's it's British. I don't know if that makes it any better, but I do enjoy it. I love everything British, <laughs> except the breakfast and food and, and teeth. And teeth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fucked up ass fronts. Um, Washington got wooden ones for a reason. Why don't you break the news, Patriots news? Breaking news here, but by the time everyone else is going to be hearing it on this, the, in my opinion, the greatest overall tight end of all time has just retired. Rob Gronkowski retired today. A tight end that has changed the position for the better and for the new NFL. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, not just because he can catch, but the way he blocks, he's almost like a second or in, in this case, a third tackle, because his run blocking's fantastic. When he stays into pass protect, he's good. And then he can go out and catch the pass. He's an added receiver that can truck through people, not like he used to be able to, but he was able to truck people. And if he wasn't effective in that aspect of the game, he could block on the run. Yeah. He just added to the offense in every single way possible. This year, he was down on his catches and, you know, yards, touchdowns, but... He really, I'm not going to say made up for it, but he contributed in other areas to where you could definitely still see his use. And he probably still could play if he wanted to, but he's been hurt so much. And I'd rather him get out while he can still walk and go out on his own terms than be forced out. I want to see how lame this whole, he's probably going to be wrestling. So let's be honest. He's definitely going to be doing something. He could go into movies. I'd rather him do that than wrestle because wrestling's not going to be any better. He's for not going to be a good actor. 
Doesn't have to be a good actor. That's true. Ronda Rousey was in plenty of movies. Yeah, and she's fucking horrible. I guess she's mad at the WWE for the way that they're treating her now. <sighs> it's so corny. I saw some like Twitter thing on MMA news for some reason. She's getting all mad at this girl in wrestling because she was talking trash Which is as like a promo, but she's part of the storyline. Yeah, she's taking it personally. She's like, it's not a joke to me. I'll kick your ass in uh, real life. Kind of like Misha Tate did with her on Tough. Yeah, playing, basically just like Playing that. some lighthearted jokes and not understanding that when you call someone the, the Count from Sesame Street. That, that was hilarious. Which is amazing, because that dude had thick-ass, gross eyebrows. Edmund Tarvidian, the fucking worst head coach in MMA. Arguably her downfall, too. Absolutely. Well, her downfall is her loyalty. She should have changed camps, because he, he's not a good coach. Every single fighter that has fought for him in the UFC has a losing record. Travis Brown, which is her husband, changed camps to him and instantly started losing. So he, he's a death sentence if you want to be successful. Do you want to recap? Yeah, let's talk about Wonder Boy and Pettis card. I liked it. All the fights on it except for the co-main event. I, I disagree. I think that and the Mac fight. Oh, McDessie? The McDessie fight was... That was boring, yeah. I've, I've never... Joe Rogan was probably at the edge of his seat because it was literally just a leg kick fest. Oh, yeah, they leg kicked the fuck out of each other, but those two fights literally put me to sleep. I actually fell asleep watching Curtis Blades and Justin Willis and then woke up just as the main event ended. I had to rewind it and watch it. So uh, we'll start from the beginning of the main event uh, fight card. Yeah, first fight of the night, Macy Barber versus J.J. Aldrich. Pretty good fight. I mean, Macy was getting pieced up in the beginning, got jabbed quite a bit. She got me kind of worried because she was she had her head straight up, yeah, and she she didn't have good head movement, and she was just getting pieced up by Aldrich. She was throwing a lot of naked kicks, which is where you don't set it up with punches or anything. Really just throwing single kicks, and that was allowing her to get countered pretty easily. I feel like her lack of experience was starting to show a little bit. Thankfully, she saw blood, and then she took out Eldritch. Before that, it looked like it was going to be her getting the L. Yeah, she got dropped in the first round. Props to her for seeing blood and going after it. Still only 20 years old, a lot of time to... You know, grow. Yeah, she, she's definitely got to learn a little bit better head movement. That was the biggest thing I saw. You can't stand in the pocket like that with your chin straight up. No, definitely got to stop throwing the naked leg kicks too. Set them up with combos. That's how you get countered. And uh, got Luis Pena beating Steven Peterson. This is my first card seeing uh, Pena fight. And he's he's got like an awkward style. Not Ben Askren awkward. Yeah, nothing's that awkward. But he's got kind of a loose style to him. And... I kind of like he, how he has this whole mentality that his takedown defense is going to throw someone in a submission. Yeah, he doesn't try to defend the takedown, you know, the normal way, I would say, by sprawling. His defense is, like, offensive. Yeah, he mainly goes to, like, a Kimura defense to where he's going to roll over, get on top, if they do end up getting And he was pretty down. effective with it. He's the, the way he was rolling around on the ground to different positions, you can tell he's really comfortable off his back. Yeah, he's also tall as shit for this weight class. He usually fights at 155. I didn't know that this fight he was fighting at 145. He did miss weight by two and a half pounds, but he looked pretty good in the fight. If he can make that weight, he's going to be a problem for people at 145. His uh, lengthy body, the way he can maneuver, he was just dominating with his like loose style, doing the, and like I said, the takedown with submission thing. 
He's got to use his range a little bit better, though. I mean, for someone so tall, he tends to get in the clinch position quite a bit when his jab's effective and he keeps the opponent at bay that way. So I'd like to see him use his range a little bit better going forward. Next fight, we got Juicier Formiga defeating Davison Figueroa by decision. He was actually the underdog, which is weird because he's the number one ranked flyweight, but went into this fight as the underdog. I think Fig has a better record, doesn't he? He might even be, was he undefeated or no? Uh, I'm not sure if he's undefeated, was undefeated, but um, yeah, that was his first loss. Yeah, so usually when you're riding the hype train like that, that's how it ends up being, yeah. especially in the betting. Formiga controlled this like 100% though. Yeah, the he, juice looked good. He did whatever he wanted to do with him. Fig really didn't know how to answer any of it. A lot of, obviously a lot on the ground, but... He was able to control him on the ground and I liked what he was doing that I liked is he was striking with him and knowing that this guy throws power shots, he kind of ducked into him and fell right into the clinch and took him down quite a bit that way. But, thought it was ridiculous friggin' Fig gets up after the fight and throws up his hands like he just won when he clearly lost every round. Oh, that's something that people just tell their fighters to do. You gotta show confidence. It, I mean, he clearly shouldn't have thought he won that fight, but... There's confidence, and then there's just lack of being self-awareness. Uh, awareness, yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Uh -huh. Like, I've seen some dude get beat, pillar to post, and throw up his hands afterwards. Be like, dude, calm down. Didn't even win a minute of that fight. Just straight up ridiculous. Yeah. Obviously, we got the Mac Desi. Versus the Jesus. This was a leg kick central, and it's literally the only thing interesting that happened. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to talk about that because I fell asleep. The younger kid, he from Peru, I think. What was his name? Jesus Pineda. <laughs> Keep saying Jesus. Jesus. He tried to get into it with him. It, when he, it seemed like there was a couple of times in the fight where he got excited and he threw a couple of two pieces or something, yeah. but he really couldn't even pick it up. I, I don't know why he didn't press the action, especially towards the end when he knew he was losing the points. Yeah. Because even though it was only leg kicks, he was scoring with those. Because he had he had the bruised up leg. He was obviously the one putting the only significant amount of damage on the other opponent. So it's like, what else are the refs supposed to go off of? Yeah. It's I like, didn't enjoy that fight. That one started to put me to sleep. But I really fell asleep for Curtis Blades versus Justin Willis. I mean, at least Blades, he did his game plan. Yeah. For someone who trains at AKA, Justin Willis had no answer for that takedown someone who trains with kane and dc you think would have better wrestling defense especially because curtis blades isn't as good a wrestler as either of those two very disappointed i mean in i think showing. you got to give it to blades because he went in there and he did his game plan he knew to stay away from willis's hands even that he outstruck him yeah he, he dropped him in the fight he, i he saw did, that he did clip him right on the chin there that was yeah. uh, that was good yeah and now the main event Anthony Pettis picking up a win in his third weight class, joining a very exclusive club that only McGregor belongs to. Anthony Pettis, however, fought a legitimate welterweight in Stephen Thompson, who looked significantly bigger than him, and he actually did something that no one else, none of the other 80 previous opponents of Stephen Thompson was able to do. That was his first knockout loss in 80 fights, whether it's MMA or kickboxing. That was a clear knockout, too. He that, hit him right on the button. It wasn't even a Superman punch. It was a Superman hook. 
because you could see he adjusted it mid-punch and threw it around his guard and hit him right on the chin. Yeah, he kind of bounced his back off of the cage and went for it. Yeah, if you go back and watch it, he didn't even do that. He was saying that he kept on doing the leg kick to set him up for that. Yeah, whatever it was, it fucking worked. He went out cold. Those extra punches on the ground were unnecessary. But you could but... tell he was game planning that from the beginning, the yeah. way he was fighting. He was getting lit up, too, jabbed to death. He was... His nose was busted up, face all swollen. He ate some good leg kicks, too. Thompson was looking like he was going to run away with this for a little bit, and whew, Pettis came out of nowhere. The way he was just going flat-footed, hands up, going forward, he was really going for that counterpunch. He and I'm was... Glad he... Well, I was right because he took him out with his crisp striking. Yes. Yes, you were. He really was sitting down on his punches and throwing with bad intentions. But I, I guess he was previously a welterweight outside of the UFC. Well, outside of the WEC. Yeah, as, as long as I've been following his career, he's fought at 155. He had a couple of fights, two or three at 145. After he got beat by Max, he moved back up to 155. He seems like he doesn't want to do the weight cut anymore. He'd recently broken his hand from being weak from the weight cut. Broke his hand in the Ferguson fight. I think he's going to stay in welterweight, and we'll see what, what kind of uh, performance we get out of Pettis. He's still talking about bouncing between 155 and 170, but um, my biggest takeaway from this fight has nothing to do with any of the fighters per se. But we saw with George Masvidal and now Pettis that fighters cutting less weight are performing better. I think that all the other fighters should take a note and possibly bump up a weight class, cut less weight. I mean, you get knocked out easier when you cut more weight. Less fluid in your brain, concussions come easier. So hopefully this leads to less weight cutting in MMA. Uh, did they start doing an MMA or boxing when they weigh in, they don't let them get the oxygen right away? Or the fluid, Oh, they don't take the, the IV? IV? That's MMA because they're in USADA testing programming, which bans IV use. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to rehydrate, that's the fastest way. So they thought it would help by fighters not cutting as much weight. They're cutting just as much weight. The fighters that cut less weight seem to be performing better as of late. I'd like to see that become a trend going forward. Just fight at your walk-around weight or just cut as close not to as it, much? Maybe just like drop a couple pounds because, you know, eating healthier, dieting, and things like that. But the cutting weight seems to be a real detriment. Well, they can't all look like Willis, Rob. Yeah, yeah. He's got a belly. And Curtis Blades, the best thing about that fight was he called him Big Titty after the fight. Yeah, I like that. That was pretty good. We've got a card coming up this week again. You know, it's uh, pretty much every week going forward. Skip a week here and then we get right into another fight. This card is UFC on ESPN 2, Edson Barbosa versus Justin Gaethje. So we're going to run down our list of picks and we're just going to try to keep up with it as much as we can. There's a lot of fights happening now that ESPN Plus is out, so yeah, we'll try to keep up to date as much as we can for you guys. First fight on the card is Shaman Marais versus Sadiq Youssef. I'm going to go with Sadiq Youssef because I saw him fight on the Dana White's Contender Series, and he looked good. I'm going Sadiq as well. I'm jumping on this Nigerian train. I feel like they're going to all come stomping up in the UFC. I really like Francis Ngannou, Usman, and I'm going all in. <laughs> You're on the Nigerian night train? I'm on the Nigerian night train. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Next fight, we got Paul Craig versus 
this is going to be the worst butchering of a name anywhere. Kennedy Nejchukwa. Another Nigerian, but I'm going with Paul Craig the Scott. I'm going Kennedy. Nigerian night train, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Next up, we got Carolina Kavalkavich versus Michelle Watterson. I'm going with Michelle Watterson in this one. Uh, I'm going to go with Carolina because I've actually seen her fight. Yeah. <laughs> the karate hottie's pretty good too, though, Gabe. Is that right? One of the best MILFs in the UFC. Yeah, but that's not going to get you anywhere in the octagon. No. But then again, Misha Tate was really good, too. I'm trying to think of where it falls out. Gina Carano wasn't bad. Yeah, she only lost one fight. Who knows? It might be part of it. If you're it, hot, you're going to do better. It certainly helps. Next up, we got Josh Emmett versus Michael Johnson. I'm going to go with Josh Emmett on this one just because I like him better at featherweight than I do Michael Johnson. I think Michael Johnson performs better at lightweight. He's also a very hot and cold fighter, Michael Johnson, so I'm going with Josh Emmett. Uh, I'm going Emmett as well. Next up, we got David Branch versus Jack Hermanson. I'm going with David Branch. Hermanson for me. Don't know much about him. I've seen him fight maybe once, but David Branch usually comes to fight. He's done pretty well his last couple of fights. He's got a win over Tiago Santos fairly recently, who's probably going to be the next challenger for John Jones. Hermanson's a bit younger. I think he's going to be on and come up. Yeah, I'm going for the American over this one just because I don't like... What's he, Swedish? I don't like him. <laughs> don't like the Swedes? Nah. The meatballs. Yeah, not They're a They're better fan. than yours. And the main event, this fight is... Going off names alone, this fight is going to be fireworks. You've got Edson Barbosa versus Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje, for a while, has been one of my top three favorite fighters to watch. I used to watch him back in the World Series of Fighting. He was the one guy that decided to take on Nick Newell, which is the one-armed fighter. Just not give a fuck, Lee kicked the shit out of him. Like he was a regular man and showed everyone, be like, Alright, he's got one arm, still gonna beat the fuck out of him. AKA Highlight. Yeah, he beat the shit out of him. I mean, all his fights are fantastic. He's lost recently his only two professional fights, once to Eddie Alvarez and once to Dustin Poirier. Both really good fighters, I mean, but he goes to throw. This fight's going to be fantastic. My heart tells me Justin Gaethje. My mind is telling me Edson Barbosa, but I'm going to go with Justin Gaethje. I'd prefer him to win just because I like him better as a fighter. I'm thinking uh, I think it's going to be Edson Barbosa. Yeah. Not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins. I've seen Edson Barbosa finished by Jamie Varner, who is not that great. He's no Justin Gaethje, put it that way. Justin Gaethje has the style to where he literally takes four punches to give one. That's the stats they put up yesterday on the card. He eats about eight to ten strikes per minute and lands about two, I think. Two to four. Do you know who the favorite is yeah. coming from Las Vegas? I don't know off the top of my head, but I I can only imagine it's Edson Barbosa. He's definitely the bigger name here. Yeah, I mean, but Justin Gaethje, every single fight he's been in, I'm pretty sure he's won a bonus for. And he's been in a main event. I think this is his third one out of four fights. He was the main event against Michael Johnson, against Eddie Alvarez. He was the feature fight, which is the third fight in. And then Dustin Poirier, he was the main event. James Vick, he was the main event. 
and now against Edson Barbosa, he's the main event. So that's four out of five main events. That's pretty unheard of for still a relatively new to the UFC fighter. Should be a fantastic fight. Even if the rest of the card sucks, it'll be worth it just for that fight alone. And it's free on ESPN. And with that, we're going to be having uh, our new segment. Yeah, a little bit. I'm excited. Because it's not all sports. We want fun and games in this, too. I've been Craigslisting for God knows how many years. Whether it be... I've bought probably about three cars on there. Plenty of guitars. Plenty of video games. Other illicit things. A couple of Blumpkins. A couple of Blumpkins. Well, actually... Oh, I know the story. (laughs) That's why I said it. But that's for another time. If you're not familiar with Craigslist... Oh, I thought you were going to say Blumpkins. There's a little section on there called Missed Connections. Now, Missed Connections is a place for you to basically say, Oh, I ran into you at Walmart. You were in line. You had long blonde hair and you were wearing a blue shirt. And then hoping that that person is also a lonely piece of shit that goes on Craigslist, Misconnections, reads it and emails you, and, you know, you guys bang or whatever. Oh, I'm looking so forward to this. So, I I found a short and sweet one for our first one, and I'm going to keep all of these local just so they hit close to home. You asked for a spot, Planet Fitness, Quincy. I spotted you a few times. I noticed where your eyes were going. We left our shower curtains half open. Both of us are impressive. That was fun. Let's do this again, Monday afternoon, 1 p.m. Oh, so this is a, a homeowner we've got here. Why do you say homeowner? Oh, I'm not getting misconstrued for hate speech. It was a homosexual, man, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like. We're going to call them homeowners. And they were both packing heat. Nice. <laughs> so if you're out there, you know, 1 p.m., Monday afternoon... Leave that shower curtain just a little bit ajar. Yeah. He'll be there. <laughs> packing heat. Oh, Seeing was... if you're packing heat, taking the heat, Get sharing it. the heat. Yep. I like that one. Pretty good one. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Garth. Hashtag Mr. Yearwood. Oh, hashtag you're it. So, until next week, I'm Rob. And I'm Gabe. Have a good one. Adios. You don't want to pump your air full of ass. My ass full of air. I know what you're saying, but that's what you said. Shit happens. He, he was a he, he. A lot of slaps coming from Bosch. Yeah, I like it. Looks more like he's wafting parts than he's trying to fight, really. Did he wrestle in high school? Fondled kids. Got a degree in balding. (laughs) Minor in sloppiness.